What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to the Competitive Edge. This is episode four, and it is If It Fits Your Macros is Outdated. Now, I know some people are going to take offense to that, but please just listen in. I'm going to give you a ton of information about how to do macros appropriately and be more successful at your health and fitness goals. There's a ton of information here today, but before we dig in, first off, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Um, I want you to know how important you are. The world would not be the same without you. Um, You bring in all the love to the world, and uh, we couldn't all do it without you. So we appreciate you, and I hope you're enjoying your day. I know you'll hear this tomorrow morning, but I did want to say happy Mother's Day before I got this started. Shelly, welcome back. Hey. Hey, what's up? Um, just got done with our show yesterday at PA Muscle. I know. Good showing. <clears throat> yeah, it was fucking, it was so exciting to see both Grace and Mackenzie just, you know, it was funny because they're brand new uh, and they're new to the sport. They've never competed before. Uh, Grace is 22. Mackenzie's 23. So we're talking about two very young women who haven't been in the sport ever. Um, you know, they both started training for this sport uh, in 2020, you know, to be specific. I'm sure they were training a little bit before that and working out, but nothing to the extent of like what I put them through and had them do. But it was crazy to see like every time they went up on stage for every class because they did true novice, they did novice, and then their open class. They got more confident. They started mm-hmm. to come into their own, and it was really cool to see. So, um, you know, Grace did wellness. She took second in true novice, novice, and wellness B. And then we had Mackenzie in a bikini, uh, first in true novice B, uh, novice B, novice overall champ. And first in open class C. So like we had a really good showing. Both women came in just pristine, exactly as I wanted them. Um, the peak went perfect. I couldn't have asked any for any better. Actually, you know, we took two very drastic different uh, paths for their peaking process. Uh, Mackenzie, I actually reversed into the show. Um, we started on like Sunday or Monday and basically just started raising her calories little bits at a time um, until we got to an amount where I thought it was appropriate and she was full. Um, you know, we didn't, we didn't pull water or anything like that. We tapered, we, we actually just watched and monitored water intake on Saturday. And, and then on with grace, you know, we started loading on Wednesday, uh, the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, just little increments here and there. And then eight as needed. I just kept looking at pictures. Okay. What do we need more carbs? Okay. More carbs. You know, I just trusted my eye. I think that's the most important thing people need to realize is there's not a one way to peak anybody. Um, people are trying to find the magic secret during peak week. Uh, Let me tell you the magic secret. I'll tell you what it is. Don't do anything unless you need to. Right. With Mackenzie, we didn't do anything. We literally did nothing. We just limited stressors throughout the week and raised food. That's it. Awesome. That's it. That's all we needed to do. She already looked good. So, and and with Grace, like she was looking good coming into peak week. We really didn't do much. We limited stressors and then we started to add some food that we were familiar with. No fucking burgers and fries, no weird shit, uh, no diuretics. We didn't use any of that. There were no anabolics used at all during either of these preps. Dude, we did it. We did it naturally. That's insane. Oh, they yeah. looked 
so good. Yeah. I was fucking amped. And that's why I get a lot of questions about peak week all the time. People are like, well, what do you, what do you do? What's the secret? Like, what do you, what do you do with water? What do you do? I go, do whatever you have to do with that athlete. But honestly, by that point, you shouldn't have to do much. Right. If they're ready, they're ready. Dude. Yeah, exactly. And that's what we did. That's what we lived by. Um, Both of them are going to take some time off. Um, Grace, we're going to go into a growing season. She just needs to add size, more muscle maturity. I mean, these women are young. Very, very young. So young. Dude, yeah. some people don't start competing until, you know, uh, late 20s, early 30s. Yeah, me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, Mackenzie, you'll probably see compete this year. Um, we're just going to tweak a little bit of posing and stage presence, and I think we're golden. So, but we'll see. We have no definitive plans yet. We're just going to play it by ear. So, what's been going on with the you? the best way to do it. Uh, you know, the usual, just work, work, work. Um, been working a lot this week. And then um, uh, my mini is almost done with track meet. So that will free up some evening time, which is great. And uh, yeah, nothing crazy. You know me, same old, same old. I was glued to my phone all day yesterday, just obsessing over <laughs> Grace and Mackenzie. <laughs> um, you know, if you can't be there, it's so great to still like, just be a part of it. I love so much that in our team chat dude everybody was posting updates and videos some people were streaming it so they were sharing the stream so we could all just it's like we were watching it together but all virtually and it felt awesome as a team to just like be there for them i was watching that team chat pop off a little bit you know here and there i'd go and and look in there i was like holy shit man all the messages Mm all everyone hyping like there was fucking hype everyone was excited Dude, it was really good to see. We have a solid team. Yeah, man. People are supporting uh, on social media with their posts, and I appreciate you all, man. You guys, you guys really, really bring the team together and make it a team atmosphere, which I think makes a huge difference. I know some people are against the team atmosphere and bodybuilding because it's an individual sport, but at the end of the day, like, dude, having people to lean on and support you, and they're like having a tribe that does what you do and then supporting you at the same time, dude. There's nothing like it. It's nothing like it. I remember my first season competing. I wasn't on like a competition team. My coach was more of um, just like a trainer in a gym. And um, I always thought like, oh, I can do this. It's fine. Like, I don't need anybody. It's an individual sport. I can stay locked in. But once you get on a team of other athletes who know what you're going through and they hype you up and they mm-hmm. become your family. And, you know, obviously the people, your friends and your family in your life, there's hopefully supportive but they don't know what you're going through they just don't but to have other people who know exactly how you feel be there for you it's there's nothing like it i agree i agree you know i was one of the people that was against like teams and bodybuilding when i first started i was like oh that's stupid but like i didn't understand the mm-hmm. bigger picture you yeah. know for me i just I, I didn't understand because i've always been like a lone wolf um, I didn't have like very large friend groups or anything like that. Like I didn't have a group of friends that came to my wrestling matches and watched nothing like that. You know, nothing was ever like that for me. Right. Um, I had my like select few friends that I hung out with and you know, but yeah, I, I, I realize it now, now that I've created it or helped create it, I get it. It's man. I wouldn't replace it with anything. Me neither. It's a great feeling. Mm-hmm. All right. So today, if it fits your macros is outdated, I've mentioned this before on 
my Q and A's. I might've mentioned it in posts and people are like dive into it more. I want to know more. Like, why do you say it's outdated? Okay. I'm not saying it's, it doesn't work because it does. It definitely mm -hmm. works. It just leaves out a lot of the equation. Okay. That equation being calories in versus calories out. Like there's more to that equation that matters. It's just not that. Cause if it was just that, Dude, it would be so easy. <laughs> like, I know, right? Dieting would just be a breeze if that was the case. So why is it that some people just can't lose body fat? What's going on? What's wrong? Why do some people, you know, get to eat X amount of calories and some and other people get to eat other amounts of calories? And, um, you know, that's kind of what we're going to dive into today. But like in theory, like if, if it's your macros works, okay, it it has application, right? Simply you just expend more calories than you take in easy peasy. You can, if it again, every food has macronutrient value or numerical values. Okay. And you just have to expend more through daily life than you're intaking. Have you ever heard of the Twinkie diet, Shelly? I have not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So a professor, professor wanted to prove a point that basically if it's your macros works, just to sum this up, most of the diet consisted of Twinkies. The professor lost a significant amount of body fat. And like, if you went back 30 years and you said that to people, people are like, what? That's madness. No way. You know, that's impossible. But again, food has numerical value. All he was doing was eating less calories via Twinkies than he was burning in a day. It's very, very simple, right? Weight loss is very simple. Everyone listening to this understands that. Okay. However, if it fits your macros has a ton of flaws, if you're not accounting for these things. And this is why I said uh, on the last podcast, I said, if your coach is just giving you macros and nothing else, and maybe they give you cardio or whatever, dude, they're doing you such a disservice and they are thieves. And I mean that I'll double down on that and die on that hill. Here's what they're missing. If they're not being more particular and precise, Vitamins and minerals. This doesn't account for digestive health. Hormonal health is not accounted for. Insulin sensitivity or insulin resistance issues is also not accounted for. Performance is not prioritized. Health issues are not taken into account. Basically, with if it's your macros, and none of those other considerations are made. You're assuming everyone is perfect. They're a machine. There are no issues. There's no special accommodations we need to make. There's nothing we missing, we're missing. That's a problem. I see this happen quite a bit where people just, the details aren't there. And the athletes don't get anywhere. Okay. That's problematic. I would say yeah. that this, what I'm discussing today, not only applies to just physique athletes, it applies to lifestyle athletes as well that are tracking their intake. I think you, you know, I know, I know you need to take into account all of these things. If we're just eating Twinkies, right, for example, or McDonald's, we're missing vital minerals and vitamins on a consistent basis. If you're not tracking fiber and fiber sources, 
and not accounting for digestive health. Because honestly, if it fits your macros, you know what I find? I find a lot of bloating, gas, and constipation constantly. You know how many people come to me that have been on, they went, came from macro-only coaches, and they're like, yeah, I just have digestion issues constantly. It's, it's, I, I got to say it's upwards of probably 80%, actually, if I had to be, if I had to guess. That's shocking. You're also yeah, not taking, yeah, you're also not taking into account like hormonal health, like estrogen dominance impacting things like digestion, right? Or the thyroid, which it does impact. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, go ahead. I, I totally agree that on if it fits your macros and we all know that I love meal plans, but, um, just seeing a lot of coaches out there and seeing a lot of, you know, maybe not as intense athletes, like a very brand new lifestyle client who's really just trying to understand the food that they're taking in. I feel like a lot of these people try and teach them macros so that it's not as overwhelming and they don't have to feel restricted. And Mm -hmm. because sometimes that restriction leads to a lot of other disorders. So what's your take on that then? Yeah, I agree. I, you know, if it fits your macros also leads to eating disorders too. I've seen it numerous times, like macro hoarding. Macro hoarding. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Or just obsessing. Uh-huh. Obsessive. Yeah. Obsessive tracking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it goes both ways. You know, yeah. you can do macros in a correct way to account for all these things if you're a coach that takes time to educate their athletes. All of my athletes here don't just have a set of macros. I have both lifestyle athletes and I have competitive athletes, all of them are given tools and educational resources to make guided choices and better choices for themselves. I don't believe a, a meal plan is best for everyone. I'll talk, a while, I'll talk about why it's beneficial here in a little bit, but I, I, do, I don't think it, everyone should do a meal plan. I encourage even new athletes that have never tracked before, never dieted before, I encourage them to learn macros. But I teach them my way. And I'm going to go over all of that into depth because I, I really think it actually has substantial value. Now, Shelly, you've been with me for a while. You, you, I taught you how to do macros. You did, which that was like mind-blowing to me. And I know everyone's like, oh, macros are so easy. But for someone like me who just, rely so heavily on structure, I've, I've almost been trained to fear anything outside of a meal plan, which wasn't good. And there were times where even when I had my surgery and I was down and I couldn't even get food in, and you're like, you know, just track what you're eating and, and get in. And you taught me that I can, I don't have to panic if I run out of some of the type of food. I don't have to stress out. I can just switch something out so easily and right. teaching me that and making sure that it's still like I can do cream of rice, rice checks, or rice cakes, they're all rice-based. Right. But before, I thought, man, it had to be one way or the other, or I was failing. <laughs> yeah, so and then, learning then, that, you, then you stress yourself out, you have to go to the grocery store, and you're like, oh, I got to get this, and here you're losing out on sleep or other things. Then at that point, it's, it's exactly. counterproductive. Exactly. So it has been amazing to learn about how to properly use macros so that, I mean, man, it is freed up so much stress. Yeah, it really does. And you get to pick your own foods too. And they're foods you like, and I I encourage these athletes to do it. 
And I'm like, hey, how about this? I'll give you a bunch of choices. You make the choices. Okay. And then based on what we're seeing, biofeedback, blood work, whatever it may be, I can determine what you need to add in and educate you why. Right. And not only that, you're probably going to stick to this, this, the macros better than a meal plan because you can choose for yourself. You can choose foods you, you like to eat. I'm not picking for you. I pick shitty foods when it comes to macros because I just don't care about taste of food for myself. That's just not my priority. Right. Right. I mean, when you made me my first meal plan back in July, I followed up for a while, but I remember getting so burnt out on one of my meals and it's great because in our meal plans, you have the macros for that meal also to the side of it. And you're like, okay, build, build one you like. And I was like, what? You're like, yeah, build a meal that you like to eat. Just keep the macros. And I was like, okay, this is sweet. Easy peasy. And, and, you know, now we're teaching you and and I'll say like, Hey, try to, try to just pick, you know, you see the sources in there, you see whether they're protein, carb or fat, right. Or you see if it's vegetable protein or vegetable fat protein, whatever it may be like match that find different selections that fit those macros. Like, dude, we can do this and we could still hit our micronutrient goals, right? We could still account Mm -hmm. for all those things that I talked about. So Look, calories in versus calories out. This equation is valid, but there is more to it and it's literally incomplete. So let's dive in deeper, right? When we're talking about calories out, we're talking about expenditure in the day. So resting metabolic rate. What type of calories does your body burn just at a resting rate? If I was just to lay in bed all day, how many calories would I burn? Dude, this would surprise people maybe. That is going to be the largest piece of expenditure in your expenditure equation, you burn more calories at rest, just living and existing, than you do working out. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I need to rest more. <laughs> <laughs> and then you also have thermic effect of food, right? Some food, it is calorically expensive to break down, digest, and partition. Protein, higher protein, higher thermic effect of food. And then you have neat. Non-exercise activity thermogenesis. Just walking around, doing your chores, your steps, you know, washing the dishes, twiddling your thumbs. Guys, it's all burning calories. All of it. You know what's so crazy is actually neat is so impactful. Right now, I'm, I'm sitting at like 550 carbohydrates and like 90 fats or something like that. And basically, I'm just holding where I'm at right now. And I was 231 when I left. I had 15,000 steps yesterday at the show. I dropped five pounds. Shut up. Swear to, swear to God, I dropped five pounds. I woke up. I was like, what the fuck happened here? I went to check my steps and I was like, oh, my God, I almost had 15,000 steps. Literally, that's the power of neat, though. I, you got to remember, I only get like a thousand to two thousand steps a day. I don't leave my chair. I go work out and on the rest mm-hmm. day, I'm getting under a thousand steps. I don't move. So I sound like. I sound like <laughs> Professor X from X-Men. I just roll around in my fucking wheelchair all day. Oh, you really do, though. I know. <laughs> so all of those pieces, RMR, thermic effect of food, non-exercise activity, thermogenesis, exercise, okay, which would be working out in cardio, equals total energy expenditure, right? That's the accumulation of all of your expended energy in a day. We are going to literally... Pair that with intake or your fucking food. Not that complicated. So we literally just have to expend more than we're intaking and everything has numerical value. 
Okay. That seems incredibly simple, but it's so much more complex than that. And that's why these macro calculators online or my fitness pal, whatever you're using, don't fucking work. A lot of people try to use them and Hey, I think it's a great start. It's a great way to teach you how to track macros, but it's just leaving out so much and you have to account for some other things. Those things being hormones, all right, and I don't want to turn this into a hormone episode because this could go on for literally fucking days, but I want to give you a little bit of insight about how hormones impact resting metabolic rate. So that largest piece of expenditure in the day is heavily impacted by hormonal health, and I'm not just talking about your sex hormones, okay? But let's start with sex hormones because this is right off the top. Issues like estrogen dominance. Right? Now, estrogen dominance can be caused for numerous by numerous things. Birth control actually it actually exacerbates or or forces estrogen dominance because you're inserting hormones that literally drive estrogen dominance or progesterone to go down. Okay, which estrogen dominance just means the 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 actual um, equation between progesterone and estrogen does not equate to the range that we wanted at. Okay. So that could mean low progesterone, high estrogen. It could mean low progesterone, low estrogen, or it could be even mean normal progesterone, high estrogen. Okay. So there's a couple of different ways you can be estrogen dominant there, but estrogen dominance is a problem. Hyperandrogenism due to like things like PCOS or diseases of the pituitary gland, like crushing syndrome, all play a role on the thyroid, okay? Because in these cases, we most likely have cortisol, which is your stress hormone, playing some type of vital role in impacting these hormone feedback loops. If that's the case, most likely, honestly, reverse T3 is being impacted quite a bit here and also like TSH. So the thyroid is getting impacted from a couple different ways. One, you know, TSH is going up on blood work, which that means we're signaling to make less thyroid hormone. So there's less T4 production. And then T4 can either convert to reverse T3 or free T3, which free T3 is usable thyroid hormone. But the problem is in these scenarios where cortisol is high and impacting these feedback loops, Reverse T3 will go up. Now, this is a problem because many primary care physicians do not test for reverse T3. They claim it's not essential. They don't even test for free T3 either, most of them, unless there's a problem. And and it's not always just their fault and them saying it's not essential. It's also um, insurance problems, too. Um, insurance, Mm -hmm. Insurance companies won't cover that shit. But the reality is reverse T3 and T3 compete for the same binding sites or receptors, which impacts thyroid functionality. So, well, if we have these hormone issues, our thyroid or quote unquote metabolism is being impacted in multiple different ways. We're not producing as much thyroid hormone and conversion is not proper or down the proper pathway to create free T3, which is usable thyroid hormone. That Hmm. is a problem. Now we can get much deeper into this and go to hyperdrogenism and PCOS and literally go down to sex hormone, binding globulin, all these things and get it fucking complicated. Right? Yeah. But this is the basics. It is. It is. 
I'm not going to lie. It's way over my head. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I pay you to take care of it. Yeah, that's why I'm paid, right? It took a long time to learn this stuff. It was not easy, you know? And, well, no. And right. it, the thing is, is that most coaches and most people don't even know these are issues. I mean, look at me. When I came to you, everything mm. we needed to do to help fix me was because I didn't, I was never checking any hormones. I was never checking labs. I was never, I didn't even realize things would just happen and we would just push through it, I guess. I don't know. It's just, just that people are not educated on this. So, it doesn't even, no one thinks to take this into account when they're doing macros. Right. Right. It's just not accounted for. I mean, how do you account for that in a program? You know, it's, it's more about detail oriented coaching and the coach knowing that these things can exist. And then how do we prepare for them or how do we circumvent these potential issues is really what it's more about now. Or just having, making sure that people out there who maybe don't even have coaches yet, if they're struggling to lose weight on their own, it might be because they have these issues and they mm-hmm. need to find a coach that's willing to help get them through that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, the sex hormones are not the only thing that will impact this equation. Even gut health. Now, there's a couple different ways gut health will improve how you lose body fat because if your gut health is off and you're not digesting, absorbing, and partitioning nutrients properly, um, well, you're, you're driving probably insulin resistance, which is an issue, okay? Uh, Food or nutrients is not going where it's supposed to. It's not being absorbed, so it may be be stored as fat. Um, Or you get even worse issues like gut dysbiosis issues like uh, SIBO or Candida, right? Um, Or you have IBS that's or IBD that's not accounted for and taken care of. Um, You have disruptions in the gut microbiome. This is a problem, right? And that's where you get that nutrient partitioning issues, insulin resistance issues, because literally your body doesn't know how to manage the food and the nutrients. Not only that, when you have gut dysbiosis, by the way, thyroid hormone conversion T4 to T3 is disrupted because most T4 is converted to T3 or usable thyroid hormone in the gut. So now if you have gut dysbiosis, bloating, constipation, gas, diarrhea, right? All those things, guess what? Your thyroid function is now impaired. Not only that, you're probably driving estrogen dominance even further because now your body's main detox pathway, bowel movements, is now inhibited. So now you can't get rid of like paramins and xenoestrogens, uh, heavy metals, toxins. You can't get rid of estrogen properly, so it's being reabsorbed into the intestines through using uh, through beta glucuronidase. So now it's being brought back in. You're literally compiling estrogen, driving estrogen dominance further. Here goes reverse T3, right? Your body's just more stressed. TSH goes up even more. <laughs> you know, so you, see, you see how these things are all impacted. And the thyroid hormone you do produce, it can't even be converted properly. Gut dysbiosis is a real problem. It's a huge problem, and if if it's your macros community, I have more athletes that come to me from if if it's your macros coaches with hormone and gut issues than everyone else combined. From a particular coaching company, actually, I won't mention any names crazy because because that's not that's not what I am. But I want to raise awareness about this stuff because this shit matters. When I have people dealing with candida and SIBO that's so severe, 
<sighs> Dude, I wish I could tell you some of these stories about how severe that they get. It's a problem. So you also have to take into account that these hormones also, we're talking about thyroid hormones, rely on adequate vitamins and minerals. So where in if it's your macros does it account for these minerals and vitamins that impact thyroid health? Actually, let's go let's go down a list right now. Here are here are just the few different vitamins and minerals that contribute to proper thyroid production and conversion, okay? Iron, iodine, tyrosine, zinc, selenium, vitamin E, all your B vitamins, vitamin C, vitamin D. Vitamin A affects um, vitamin A and zinc affect the cell and the binding sites. I mean, that's just, dude, that's a problem. If you're not accounting for these, and by the way, most people are deficient in iodine, I find, and B vitamins. Mm-hmm. And especially if you're using anabolics, you're very, you're probably deficient in these. And if you're not taking a proper multivitamin, not just the cheap knockoff brands from the fucking, or from GNC or the, you know, your grocery store, no, like real, adequate, third-party tested multivitamins. This is a problem, right? You have to look at minerals too. So, so really, the problem the problem is that okay, yes, if it fits your macros, does not account for all of these things, right? Um, your calories in versus calories out equation is not accounting for all of this. But like, there's the root, the what's the root problem? The root problem is not if it fits your macros. The root problem is okay. Why are these issues occurring today? It's the climate. It's yeah. overstimulation. It, it, it's stress. And I think, dude, I you know how many conversations actually. So I was going to uh, the show Friday. And I was answering all my Friday check-ins out of, I think, 22 check-ins. Do you want to take a guess at how many of those I mentioned stress or stimulus as a problem in those? <laughs> the majority. Oh, it was 17 of the 22. People not accounting or understanding what stimulation and stress is. Guys, stress is not just how you feel. Just feeling stressed. Yeah. No. Okay. Well, that's a, that's spilling over. We're talking about you're now you're spilling over in stimulus and stress. And then you implement all your breathing techniques. You try to get better sleep. You do some parasympathetic activity. Great. You're just managing the problem. You're not fixing the problem. The problem is you're overstimulated. There's so many things that stimulate you in a day. It's driving up cortisol, leading to probably adrenal dysfunction or insufficiency of some sort. In most people now, especially in our community, in the fitness community, people that compete, which is leading to suppression or disruption of other hormone feedback loops like TSH or first T3, like we talked about, or we got progesterone steel going on and we're stealing progesterone driving estrogen dominance or even low testosterone because cortisol can impact testosterone too. And you got a bunch of guys with low T running around. You have more guys now under 30 with low testosterone than ever at any point in history. Yeah, I actually just listened to a podcast on that, and it's very alarming. People need to be more aware. Dude, the percentage at which it's growing to is crazy. It's because of your environment. It's because of overstimulation. It's because of stress. And guys, there's so many things that stress you. And guess what? 
I'm going to tie this all in because episode five next week is total stimulus load. I'm going to talk about all the things that stimulate you and stress your body. This all ties in. So we have to do better. We have to be better and and more observant. Uh, And um, we have to evaluate and assess how many things are stimulating us in a day. Guys, and then I I I ask people, well, what do you do to de-stimulate? I watch TV, scroll through my phone. That's stimulation. (laughs) You're fucking yourself. No, no. And then I tell people to get off your phone before bed or get off TV. And literally the people, like they do it for a week, two weeks, like, oh yeah, I feel better. And then guess what they go do? They go back to it. And then I got to have the conversation again with them in three fucking weeks. Get it through your thick fucking head. It's a habit. Like it's our culture. It is. Our culture is nonstop and it's, it's constantly stimulated. I, I think I heard some sort of statistic about how over the years our sleep has completely changed and gotten less and less and less. And people are thinking that they can survive off of less right. and still be productive, but it's not, it's not good. It's just leading to these hormone issues. It's leading to obesity. It's leading to diabetes. It's leading to cardiovascular metabolic syndrome. Like we're, 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 Dude, it leads to insulin resistance, which is is the number one driver of cardiovascular disease or events and metabolic syndrome today. It's a problem. When you're stressed, you become insulin resistant. Go check your blood glucose. It tells you everything you need to know. You're not sleeping. You're overstimulated. Your blood glucose is going to be over 100. Go ahead. Go do that for a couple months. This is why I bitch at you, Shelly. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know you do. I bitch at everyone. You bitch at me for me what? I bitch at everyone. I know. I know. I learned. I mean, mm-hmm. it took me a while to learn, but you kept taking things away from me. And <laughs> finally, I just, I, I saw the benefit. And for me, like seeing that benefit, I was like, okay, this is worth it. And you just have to stick with it. You have to change your behavior. I agree. You have to, you have to change. And people are always looking, well, how can I, what supplement can I take? It's not a supplement. It's fix mm-hmm. yourself, fix your behaviors. Stop trying to find a way around it. Just fix it. Fuck. It's really not right. that hard. Fix all the behaviors first. If you're having a, a certain situation that you absolutely, you know, have to, then you supplement. But a supplement is just that it's supplementing. Right. You have to be able to like do everything else on your own first. And, and this, this calories in versus calories out equation or model that we're using is even more heavily impacted, or our sex hormones, right, the sex hormone piece of it is even more heavily impacted by competitors that are over-dieting to get lean for a show, doing more cardio. Dude, all these, all these issues I just listed, estrogen dominance, gut health, thyroid adaptations, Adrenal function, all impacted by what you do to get in shape for a show. And then you have to reverse those. So honestly, like there's just a lot that simple equation of if it's your macros uh, and the calories in versus calories out model is missing. Right, A lot of pieces. I, th- I, th- I think there's a better way to do this. And it's funny. I was joking one time. And I was like, I'm going to coin the term bro macros. 
And I, I think I said this to John Childress, like maybe like a year and a half ago. And like, we laughed about it, but like, now I'm serious. Like, I think there's a better way. We can still do macros. We could still eat what we want to a certain degree, but th- there's just a more intelligent approach to this. And I think you got to do a couple things. One is you have to focus on whole foods. Okay. I, I expect my athletes, if you're a competitive athlete, it's all whole foods. Every once in a while, have something, fit something in that's um, a little more, you know, maybe flavor oriented or that you enjoy. Like, like a gummy cookie. bears? Yeah. And guess what? Honestly, there's a point at a diet where you can fit gummy bears in. I think once you get to, once you cover all your micros to a certain degree in a diet, you have a micronutrient base, you could add other things on, especially if like your calories are getting high. Let me tell you, I've done 930 grams of carbs before for a long time. It, it was brutal. Do you think I ate all rice or all, all oatmeal? No, to get, no, fuck no, dude. I was eating a ton of gummy bears, drinking juices. Like I was just trying to do anything I could to get it down. But my net micronutrient base and my mineral and vitamin intake stayed the same. I didn't change it. I just had to add foods that were just highly palatable at lower volume to get the food down. I think there's a time and place for this thing. But if you're only doing like 200 grams of carbs a day or 150 or, you know, 225, like whole foods. So maybe like a 95-5 approach. And I know there's other teams out there that like to 85-15 or 95-5. Stop eating like a toddler. You're trying to be a bodybuilder. I have significant evidence that proves we'll get better physiques with whole foods instead of their fucking whatever you want to try to fit in. Okay. But for burbackers, you also have to focus on fiber. Soluble versus insoluble. Do you even know the difference? Soluble. Think berries, nuts, seeds. Prioritize these. The insoluble fiber, that's where I find the troubles. People loading up on cruciferous vegetables, broccoli, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts. And it wreaks havoc on their digestion. Get a lot of bloating because this insoluble fiber, right, is drawing water into the gut, causes bloating, distension, constipation. Well, when you have that repeatedly enough times, you're going to cause a degree of gut dysbiosis. And hopefully it's not SIBO because that sucks to get rid of. When you create an environment for opportunistic bacteria to grow, <laughs> you're going to regret it because getting rid of it sucks. You can ask the athletes I'm all working with right now. I've already worked on over 20 cases of this this year, over 20. Some of them are now complete. Some of them are beginning and some of them are like midway through, but it sucks. It's not easy. So you have to focus on this, on this fiber goal. I would say, I would say like for every thousand calories, you know, like 10 to 13 grams. I think that's, that's, that's a rough, some people need more, much more. Um, but that's kind of just like a general some. And then I always try to focus on, again, soluble fiber, berries, nuts, seeds. A lot of my diets okay, I make. Okay, so what is your, what's your stance on like taking fiber supplements that's soluble fiber? As long as they have soluble and insoluble fiber in them, right? And that's why like we, you know, the, the supplements that I chose to put in your plan were great options. Unfortunately, I don't think they make that supplement anymore in powder form, which sucks, but no, they don't. It was Jaro Gentle Fibers, by the way. I'm not mad about it. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's not great, but it was a great supplement. It doesn't taste great, though. But it, ha- it just had it a... Worked. Yeah, it just had a great soluble versus really insoluble well, ratio. But, oh, it works really yeah, well because you had issues coming to me. 
huge gut <laughs> issues. <laughs> like, <laughs> what's it feel? What's it feel like to shit normally? Oh my god, you guys! <laughs> it's like a whole new world. I didn't even know it existed to like have a solid poop regularly. I did not know what that felt like for years. That's how stressed your body was. That's how I know. It's I crazy. can't believe you never had issues with like SIBO. We never had. Maybe a I did. Gut. I don't know. No, no, no. You, you didn't. You would trust me. <laughs> you would know it's bad. You just, you just pissed out your ass all the time. Like ten times a day, and you guys didn't even understand until we traveled to Charleston yeah. together. And I was like, "Are you serious? Like that many times? It's that bad?" Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, well, if we we gotta fix this shit. So we fixed it. I I literally got to a point where I thought it was normal. Oh, that's terrible. So when, oh, let's continue on with bro macros before we get into a ass pissing talk the whole time (laughs) (laughs) so you need to focus on nutrient timing too guys when when doing macros nutrient timing is everything we have evidence that nutrient timing not only helps create better physiques but it takes into account insulin sensitivity and performance okay you need to always make sure obviously you're matching your intake to your expenditure. A lot of people, I, I think a lot of people make the mistake of just having the same macros every day, regardless of what they're doing. I think they should change. I think food sources should even change based on your expenditure too. If we're training hard, okay, fast, easy, digestible carbs with some fruit. Okay. It's going to be substantially better than like, oats before you work out that are just going to sit there and take forever to fucking digest and not digest and be used for your workout at all or like wheat products. Right. Um, or if you don't work out that day, why do we need starchy carbs? Especially if we have issues with insulin resistance or blood glucose is high. Okay. Let's go with a more protein fat based diet. Again, match that type of intake to your expenditure. And lastly, always pace protein. Okay. No. I mean, I mean, yeah, it matters that you get your total protein in daily. Yes. It, that is, that is the underlying topic and that, in that the target, right. But at the end of the day, pace your protein. Okay. We can actually, we can have a whole protein episode where I go down in the, in the breakdown of, of protein. We can talk about, you know, yeah, obviously when we ingest a ton of protein, maybe not all of it is going towards muscle protein synthesis, right? You do have some degree of thermic effect of food. Right. Gluconeogenesis is happening. So like there's a couple different processes that are happening. But so I would say, hey, pace your protein into even distributions throughout the day. So majority of that is probably used for muscle protein synthesis. There's a better chance at that. Okay. So that's that's bro macros for you. That's that sums it up. So and I'll I'll go into more depth about what I think is even more important and we'll, we'll cover that, but there, there's some downsides to macros in general. Okay. And there's downsides to, to meal plans too. We'll cover it all. Downside to macros. Honestly, I see it cause a lot of mental stress. A lot. Of, and I, I get it. Like people want to eat new foods all the time, but the reality is it's, that is stimulus. You're trying to track all these foods, try to fit all this in, eating new foods each day, especially if you're tracking on the fly, you're not planning at all. Dude, that's macro fatigue. Like, that's a prime example of it. You're going to burn out from that's tracking why macros. I was so afraid of it because I was like, that's exhausting. I don't have time in my day 
to be plugging things in, seeing where it fits. How do, what do I have left? Like that's just exhausting. Oh yeah. I can never, dude, I would never be able to do macros and hit my macro targets. If I have like 350 no. grams of protein, 930 carbs, and like 120 fats, <laughs> like where the fuck do I even start? I guess I'll just start the day and drink a whole <laughs> gallon of orange juice. Fuck. <laughs> oh, then we'll, then we'll see what I got left. And, you know, it's like, no, I got, right. I got to plan this out. It's just going to be less stressful for me. Cause I have so much going on in my life. And especially if you got a ton, you, you got, you got to hold your job. You got to go train. You got to, you, maybe you have kids, maybe you have Hell to you know, no. do things. There's no way. It's not going to be stressful tracking macros. Not only that, it's hard to pinpoint or troubleshoot issues caused by certain food sources. Do you have an intolerance? Okay, let's look at your food log. Oh, you have a thousand different foods in the past two weeks. Where the fuck do I start? Well, I can start on my little checklist, right? I have a few things in mind that are probably causing the digestion issues. But like if it's an intolerance or like a, a food allergy, like it's going to take me a long time. Plug and play, plug right. and play, plug and play. I don't want to do that. There's really, if honestly, if if you're not like timing your foods either, and you're just tracking on the fly, eating whenever, uh, it, it it leaves room for hunger signaling pattern development. Um, there is clear evidence that we can set hunger signaling pattern, right? Ghrelin, the hunger hormone, right, made in the stomach. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you eat at the same time every day, you'll what you'll find is you'll get hungry near the same time, about 15, maybe 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes before every single time. And you could slowly change those hunger single pattern, singling patterns. But like, dude, develop a hunger signaling pattern, ghrelin pattern. You get hungry at the same times. It helps a ton. Your body literally recognizes patterns. Honestly, and I know I said this before, but I've seen a ton of eating disorders develop from macros in my time as a coach. Um, I've actually, I've actually seen more develop with macros than meal plans. I'm not saying one's better than the other. It's just from my anecdote and my experience, I've seen more people fall off the wagon and have issues with macros and developing eating disorders there than meal plans when meal plans are designed appropriately. That's key. And that's, that's key. That is so key. If it's a proper meal plan because in my day over the years like my very first meal plan i had chia seeds chia seeds soaked in water as a meal (laughs) as a a meal and then two other meals that day were 10 asparagus beers that was three meals of my day dude that's wild that's abuse and it led me to the most insane binging. I would binge every Sunday after mm-hmm. grocery shopping. No, while, while I was grocery shopping, I would go to the bulk section of trail mix. Yeah, dude, calories don't count when you're grocery shopping. And I would eat. <laughs> I would shove as much trail mix as I could in my mouth while I was grocery shopping. And then I would go and sit in the sauna for like an hour. I would do like hours of cardio to like wow. burn it off. Wow. And it was such a vicious cycle, but mm-hmm. it's like I, was, I wasn't eating. I know. So it's, that's key. Like if you have a proper meal plan and I'm not fucking tooting your horn here, like, but I will give you credit where credit's due. And I've been on the same goddamn meal plan since July of last year. Right. We've just tweaked, we've tweaked we, amounts. We, t- we tweak amounts. I've tweaked a couple, a couple food sources here and there when I get burnt out on something, but I don't ever have cravings for anything because I'm getting all the nutrients I need. So I don't have cravings. People ask me all the time, what do you crave? I'm like, nothing. 
I like what I eat. Right. The problem is a lot of people hear like meal plans and they just think like chicken and rice. Like that's not what it is. No, it's not that at all. I've, whereas like in my meal plans, like I have rotating protein sources, right? There's, there's various protein sources in there. So we're hitting all of our, our minerals mm-hmm. needed. We get from those or vitamins, your vegetables. There's some variation. There's a plenty of fruit. I go, I'm, I love fruit. I love adding into diets. I find a lot of success with it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Carb sources. I'm hit, making sure your fiber targets are hit. We have a great ratio between soluble and insoluble fiber. I'm making sure, you know, we're also getting the vitamins we need and the minerals we need. If we don't get them from our diet, I'll pull them from somewhere else. I'm making sure women get omega-3s, great EPA, DHEA values. Like, this is all important stuff that people will neglect in a meal plan. They just put chicken and rice on there and broccoli. And, dude, that's that's problematic. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about intelligent design. Okay? And... (laughs) When, when you don't provide certain types of guidelines and education to macro users and, and don't use the quote-unquote term bro macros, when you just use, if, if it's your macros, I think you're doing a huge disservice to people. You're not covering all your bases. I, I really think there's a great way to do macros though, okay? I really truly believe that. And if you if you actually prioritize performance for your athletes, even your lifestyle athletes, guys, I really think you should be prioritizing performance. Probably not to the degree of, of your competitors, but competitors, dude, for competitors, you know what I do? I'll tell you right now. Dude, I'll give you food sources and macro targets around training times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I get you stuff to choose from because I want to pick the most easily digestible carb sources with fruits. And a lean protein source that so digestion is optimal, our performance is optimized. And then around the other parts of the day, you know, we also focus on nutrient timing, protein, fat meals. Why do I do that? Okay, well, well, we know carbohydrates are going to be used during exercise because it's glycolytically expensive. We're going to use those carbohydrates appropriately. Whereas, like, you know, if I just put carbs any time of the day, well, are the carbs going to be used for what we want? I don't know, right? Nutrient timing actually matters. Not only that, dude, it it plays a huge role in maintaining insulin sensitivity, which is, dude, if you're not accounting for insulin sensitivity and not checking blood glucose in your diet, dude, you're fucking yourself hard because there's a lot of people I know that don't, or I know a lot of people that have come to me that don't, um, and man, it's problematic. And then they come to me and they've been doing macros. They're like, oh yeah, well they look good, but then you go to check their blood glucose and it's 110 every day or 105. And we also see, okay, then we got estrogen dominance with that. Now we're getting digestion issues and all things just start kind of unfolding in like a domino effect because we're not taking into account. So if you are doing macros, prioritize performance, prioritize nutrient timing. Again, practice protein pacing. If it's 25, 30 grams of protein a meal, Right. For guys, it might be a little higher. Some might like for me, it's like, you know, 65 grams a meal. OK. Um, making sure we're hitting vitamin and mineral profiles, making sure we're getting those those essential minerals that I just talked about in the thyroid. Right. Iodine, tyrosine, zinc, selenium, vitamin E, vitamin B vitamins. Right. Zinc. I don't know if I said that one, but selenium. Right. All those things really mm-hmm. fucking matter. Also, like if you are doing macros, give some guidance on fiber. Teach a little bit. Hey, I want you to get these fiber sources because this is going to help us. Let's tweak it. 
Okay, well, that's okay. Digestion isn't optimal. Okay, well, let's tweak this fiber source a little bit more. We'll use a little bit more insoluble, maybe a little bit more soluble, you know, maybe less insoluble. Just depends on what the person needs. If, you know, I, I honestly, people think I'm a meal plan coach. I'm not. Actually, I have far more athletes using macros, but a guided macro approach or bro macros than anything else. Ninety percent of my like a a combination. It's like in the middle. It's just a meal plan with macros. You can make your own meal plan out of your macros. And I encourage that. I want my athletes to repeat days in their meal, like quote unquote meal plan of their macros. So out of your macros, I tell people like some people ask me for uh, a meal plan. I'll say, hey, look, I'm not going to create you a meal plan because. I feel like you won't like and enjoy the food that I give you. <laughs> I, I, I want you to cho- choose a day from my fitness pal that you enjoyed and that you liked. And it was it's your macro target. And we accounted for all of our nutrient timing goals and performance goals that we have set in the program that I sent you. I want you to repeat that day for two weeks until you get bored. Once you get bored, if, if you still like the meals, keep them. If you don't, maybe swap one out. Create repetition. This repetition allows me to assess biofeedback much better. I can fully assess what we need, what we don't need. But if you're changing your foods every single day or you're tracking on the fly, dude, you're going to miss some things. You're not going to prioritize performance and nutrient timing. You're not going to pace your protein. You're going to miss vitamins and minerals that are needed and necessary. You know how many people that track macros on a daily basis don't hit their fiber goal here and there? That's problematic. 15 grams of fiber? No. I want you to hit your fiber goal. It's important. And then they wonder why they didn't have a bowel movement the next day. Well, (laughs) you did it to yourself. I, I, I encourage my athletes. I want you using macros, but I want you repeating meals or days for to develop some consistency. We can also get a great gauge on how you respond to these foods, how you perform on these foods. And we can usually match that those foods and that intake and how well it is to your logbook. They correlate. All this data is fucking important. I'm a data nerd. So, yeah, that's that's about what I have to say about if it fits your macros. I'm not saying it doesn't work. It works. I know it does. We have evidence. Yeah. All I'm saying, I'm not, I'm not encouraging you to use uh, meal plans either. I'm saying I find problems when people don't account for more than just calories in versus calories out. It's just doing macros better. Smarter. Make if it, it, make if it fits your macros better than just fitting whatever you want than just Twinkies. (laughs) The Twinkie diet. It's crazy. You know, is it? I find so many times that um, bikini athletes are fitting treats in their diet, and then they're ones with the most digestion issues because of the constant processed sugars, especially when reversing. Dude, guys, if your coach is not putting restrictions on reverse and like what you can have, what you can't have, what you should have, what you shouldn't have, they don't give a fuck. They're done with you after the show. They're done with you. They don't care. Dude, it's I see so many people because you're because after a show, you have to understand your thyroid is downregulated. Your digestion 
is impacted to a certain degree because of the amount of stress that's impacting your physiology. You are, if you're a woman, you're most likely estrogen dominant. I, I, for a fact, I could probably say you are to a degree. That means you are in a more susceptible state to develop gut dysbiosis. And then you run into your issues of then there's improper methylation. All right, when I say methylation, I'm talking about how we detox mm-hmm. estrogen down. Like if you look at a Dutch test, you'll see the 2OH, 4OH, 16OH pathways. You can see how someone is methylating in a Dutch test. So look, there's a lot here. There's a lot to dive into. All I'm asking you is take a smarter approach to macro. Start accounting for all the things that we talk about. Don't, don't just do if it fits your macros and not account for all the important shit. And if your coach isn't helping you with these things, you can have them listen to this episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, hey, you'll lose weight, but you're going to be unhealthy in the process. Well, and that's the thing is like, okay, well, we'll, we'll probably hit our goal the first time. And the, it gets, the funny thing is it gets harder and harder to hit your goal. If you're not accounting for all these things, especially if you're not reversing properly, it becomes harder and harder to hit the stage and it requires more drugs, more dieting, more cardio because they never reverse properly because they didn't take into account all the different factors that go into a diet. They said, here's your macros for the week. Have fun. Yeah, they got to think long term. Absolutely. So that's what I have to say about all of that. Any comments? I don't think so. I think I might go um, change my meal plan. Today. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cool because so many athletes now that work with me have developed their own meal plans and they stick to them. Um, and, you know, they may have I, like I'll look them over. I'll say, hey, send them over. I'll look over it and think. You know, hey, is there anything we should switch out? And then I educate on why. If I see, hey, that cream of wheat there, mm-hmm. like, uh, let's swap that for cream of rice. Well, I don't like cream of rice. Okay, let's swap for jasmine rice or let's swap for something else because it matters. And then they're like, oh my gosh, that makes a huge difference. I'm no longer mm-hmm. bloated in the gym. Or they're maybe they're eating food, you know, solid food during training instead of like liquids, switching to liquids. I'm like, better? Okay, well, which type of liquids? And we can kind of sort through our sources of what we can use what we should use dude makes a huge difference in not only their physique, but their performance. And then eventually they progress faster. Dude, if you put someone side by side with someone that just does like plain fits your macros and fits fun foods in someone that does whole foods all the time, the person at whole foods is going to look better all the time. If, if oh, you, right. if you, if you say genetics are equal, right? Some people can genetics get away with shit. And effort. <laughs> yeah. And the effort are equal. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Mm-hmm. All right. Next week, we're going to talk about st- total stimulus load on episode five. Um, man, it's there's so many things that impact you on a daily basis and stimulate you. And I don't think you realize how many things and you're going to look at this like, holy shit, I really am overly stimulated. So we'll take a dive into that. I appreciate you all listening. Uh, if you can, please share the episode. If you enjoyed it, uh, give me a shout out on Instagram and we will be back next week.